What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of A Little More Good. So glad to have you tuned into the show. My name is Dean, and I'm here with my man, Zach. What's up, everybody? We always love the little pre-pod jam, and today... Uh, we're excited. We're excited to to drop this episode. It's kind of something new that we're trying. Um, if you have been a listener uh, of the show for a while, you might recognize our co-host on this episode, the one and only Judy Brooks. We've interviewed her, and then we've had her come on and bring on people from her world, her her network, um, and tell their stories. And so we kind of thought, ah, this might be kind of cool to do like a little mini series where we do that. We sit with Judy and, and she helps lead the conversation and facilitate the questions, both with the guest and with Zach and I. And um, we started this, we're going to start this mini-series. Uh, over the next few months, we're going to release some episodes. We're going to call it Immerse Yourself, which is based on the work that Judy does through her immersions, where it's uh, you know individuals and even teams to, doing some self-discovery, some emotional intelligence. And um, again, if you've listened to the pod before, you've heard us talk about this artifact that she's created in community that offers some considerations and contemplations. And so we dive into all this stuff, and it's really fun. To, to reflect, to learn, to think uh, intentionally and meaningfully about your life and your work. And so for these little series, uh, we're gonna, you know, they'll be scattered throughout the regular episodes of A Little More Good as well. But we're really excited to kind of partner with Judy um, and, and immerse yourself as we do this work with her. So Yes, yeah, Judy's kind of the, the triple threat of mind, body, soul, yeah. and business. She's the quadruple, the quadruple threat. She brings uh, a new lens to the conversation, new co- considerations, contemplations, you know, a different way of, of asking questions, new curiosity. So we're super excited to dive in, dive into to deep, meaningful things with Judy. Judy's been a big part of, of my life for a long time, and I've grown and learned so, learned so much because of Judy, and I'm excited to, to kind of share that experience that Judy shares and creates uh, with with all of you. So this is the first of the series. Uh, and Dean, who do we have uh, kicking things off here? Well, I was so excited to have this conversation with the one and only Robbie Bent. So some of you may or may not be familiar with him, but um, he is creating something really cool or has created something really cool in partnership with some of his closest friends. Uh, it is called Othership. So Robbie Bent of Othership is joining us today. And if you don't know, uh, go to your app store or your Play Store, wherever you get apps on your phone, and just do yourself a favor and download this app. It's incredible. It's a breathwork app. But in some ways, it's so much more than that. It's something that like grounds you. Uh, I've been using it, oh man, for the last <clears throat> like eight or nine months or so. Uh, and it is awesome. It has free, it's a paid, paid subscription, but it's very affordable. And also, there's lots of free content on there. So check out the app, Othership, and do some of the breath work. It's so easy. It's so accessible. Even if you've never tried breath work before, you can just go in and kind of go at your own pace. It's guided. There's like really vibey music. And so we touch we touch on Othership and you know the app, but also we dive into something really new and exciting that Robbie and the team are doing with Othership in terms of creating actual community spaces where people are coming together to kind of take these classes of breath work and self-discovery and, and even movement. And so it was a great conversation for sure. Plus we get into the, the science and the spirituality of yes. sauna, cold plunge, hot and cold therapy, 
Um, yeah, other ships creating something that, uh, you know, communities deeply need. It's connecting people in, in such a beautiful and healthy way. Um, they've got their flagship in Toronto and they'll be growing in the next, uh, next year. So excited to see where other ship flies. It's, it's, uh, I don't know, it's sails. It's, it's however it flies, you know? Yeah. I'm excited to see where it goes. And yeah, this was a, a, a deep and inspiring conversation. Robbie is one of those creators that, uh, you know, when he has vision, you can see that he, he fully embodies the idea and the ethos and the goal of what he's trying to create. And I just always get so lit up by those people. You can just like see that they, they, they carry that, um, you know, in, in their, in their values, but also in how they live their life. So Robbie really models that. And, uh, yeah, I think you guys will enjoy this conversation as much as we enjoyed having it. Yeah, it was truly a good one. We know you're going to dig it. So, uh, before we get into this week's episode, a word from our sponsor. This week's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Zach and I have been on the AG1 bandwagon for a while now and absolutely loving it. We started taking it to replace you know, all of the supplements that we were on, multivitamins, probiotics, prebiotics, all of the things to make sure you know we're just optimizing our health. And AG1 really offers it all in one convenient scoop. It's an amazing, amazing supplement that just like gives all of the healthy vitamins, minerals that we need in our lives. And um, it's so easy. It's the first thing I do in the morning. Wake and shake. Wake and shake, baby. Convenience and ritual in one scoop of goodness. Yes. I just love starting my day with that AG1. I've been playing around with it in my smoothies as well. It's uh, an amazing add-on. I used to be adding a laundry list of different uh, supplements, different powders, different you know concoctions to my smoothies. Now I've got one scoop of a nutritional wellness, all from Athletic Greens. The AG One really has it all, from mushrooms to probiotics to prebiotics to to you know everything. I, I was taking in my day through multiple multiple supplements, so it's made my day easier. I'm so grateful for it, and it tastes delicious. Yes, it sure does. It's really cool. You know, gut health has been really popular. It's been in conversations lately, and um, the founder of Athletic Greens started started this business because he was experiencing, you know, gut health issues himself, and um, you know, on this supplement routine, trying to balance his his own health and wellness, so it cost well over a hundred dollars a day. And this uh, this product, AG1, is yours for less than you know three bucks a day, basically cheaper than your than your latte that you might get from your local coffee shop, and better for you by leaps and bounds. All so, right, Dina. So, how do we get the AG1 into our daily routine? Well, I know that the people want it. And Zach, we give the people what they want. Give the people what they want. And so to make it easy for you, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, which is amazing. Living up here in the Northern Hemisphere, you got to get your vitamin D. And on top of that, you're going to get five free travel packs with your first purchase. So take them if you go on vacay, throw them in your gym bag, your work bag, whatever you need. So all you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash good. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash more good to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. There you go. Get your AG1, people. 
on to this week's episode. All right, all right. Welcome back to another week of A Little More Good. This is a very, very special episode because we've got uh, two amazing people joining us for this conversation. We've got friend of the pod and pod alumni Judy Brooks joining to co-host us this week. And we've got Robbie Bent, uh, founder of Othership. Um, Othership is is changing the the wellness space, the sauna, cold plunge, breath work, um, taking it all by storm in, in Toronto. And I'm crossing my fingers over here in Vancouver that you guys will one day uh, open up uh, in Vancouver because you guys would kill it here. But I've been loving your app. Um, if you guys listening don't have the app yet, maybe just hit the pause button, download it really quick because it is, um, we'll get into this, but it is very different than other breathwork apps that are out there. It's got some very um, unique, distinguished kind of points of difference. Um, so Robbie, welcome to A Little More Good. Thanks for making time for us. Absolutely. Thanks Thanks for having me. All right. I thought we could kick things off with, um, I know you and jo- Judy know each, know each other well and, and just spent uh, four days together. Um, so I thought, Judy, you could kind of kick this conversation off uh, with, with that time you guys just spent together and we can kind of go from there. Yeah, amazing. Um, yeah, Robbie and I have known each other for over a couple of years now. And uh, what... Uh, yeah, what stoked me to be part of Robbie's and and his co-founders, by the way, we needed to mention that there's there's five of them in total, and the co-founders um, are are Robbie's partner and the mother of his child, uh, Emily Miles, who works with him, Amanda and Harry, who anybody has the app will have heard the magic of Amanda and Harry on the app as well. So this is a like really incredible team. And so when I say working with Robbie, yeah, he was the the person that I connected with, but it's this whole team that is kind of got this stoke on. Um, and, and it was what they were doing and how they were doing it that was uh, attracted me to spending time with them. And, and so Robbie, and we wanted to spend some time together, not on the phone, but in person. And it was either Toronto or LA and LA seemed better to me. So we met in LA and uh, hung out together at a wellness and fitness um, conference that Robbie spoke at. And he also won the like best pitch showcase for best pitch, which I immediately said to him, it was nothing to do with his presentation. It was like a like wardrobe and makeup that he went for because <laughs> he was like by far the coolest dude on the <laughs> panel or coolest person like his hair and makeup all the way hair makeup and costume but really what struck me was um Robbie's passion for this as a modality for for the idea of, of sauna of contrast of hot and cold of, of breath work how it impacted his life what brought it up for him and how it came into his life and how it served him. And then his passion and his co-founder's passion for, for sort of taking it out. And, you know, I I get it. There's like lots of like little pop-ups around hot and cold. This is substantially different for me. Um, First of all, because it's guided and I'm going to let Robbie talk to that. But the other thing is it really is, if you look at the brand language, if you look at the like ethos behind it, it's not just the modality of hot and cold. It's not just the modality of breath. It's these um, foundational ethos or concepts behind it around um, socializing in a different way, around um, actually 
learning to self-regulate, self-soothe, also learning how to be in relationship with others in a space. You know, I've been to beautiful, hot and cold experiences that are um, private and that's beautiful. But what about when we're actually learning to be at the edge of our own discomfort and we're in, in group? So what it reminded me of is a little bit of, uh, I think some of the listeners know from previous pods, maybe not that I was uh, was privileged enough to market car. I say to Robbie all the time, even though we're at a fitness and wellness summit, I actually think this is, they're on the, the forefront, the leading edge of a, um, a new vertical. And I, so I don't think this is what, you know, might be in fitness and wellness, but this is like a freaking new to market thing. And so um, I think what I'd like to do is pause there and tell Robbie once again, how amazing I think he is. But also I want to know, like, I also want to talk about why, like, hey, crypto to freaking impacting people's lives. I want to talk about all that, but let's start with um why was this important, Robbie? Why was it important? Why was it important to start this and bring it further than just a private? Yeah, I think people's like nervous systems are just broken. And so if you're sitting at home now, chances are you live in a city, you've checked your phone 400 times today. And if I just said like, take a pause and a breath, we can you know do that right now. It's like, hey, do I feel busy? Do I feel overwhelmed? Is my task list massive? And 9.5.9 out of 10 are going to say, fuck, yeah, I'm, I'm busy. Oh, I'm hitting, I'm getting hit. Stimulation, social media, email, Slack, all these things, kids. Like the default now is not healthy. The default is mentally unhealthy if you live in a city and have a cell phone. And that is new. In all of human evolution, last 20 years, that is, that is new. And different and people are struggling and so myself you know i kind of hit that path faster because i added on top of the nervous system breakdown like a business failure a drug addiction you know losing all my money having to move in with my parents a, a, a relationship that was problematic because of you know the drugs and so you, you throw on top of this general overwhelm all these other things and i, I was at a breaking point i hit was almost suicidal i hit a you know life low um, and so for anyone who's listening, that, that was like my story. Like I've lived it. I've, I, even with all these modalities, I've lived it again with you over the last four years, working too hard, getting into 70 hour weeks, waking up, boom, coffee. Okay. Another coffee. And then I haven't eaten all day and it's, you know, a giant pizza on Uber eats to make myself feel better. And it's just fucking hard to live in today's society and world, but like not to mention COVID. That's a whole other thing. But so I think people's nervous systems are broken and the tools to fix them generally don't exist because this problem is new. And so one amazing tool that has been a bastion for me is meditation. Amazing tool. It took me, I had to go on a 10 hour, a 10 day, hundred hour retreat just to learn how to do it. So like I've tried to teach hundreds of friends, really tough. The common thing we see, like I think 14% of people meditate, people that download common headspace, it's less than 10% that retain. So if you've downloaded those apps and tried them and failed, that is nine out of 10 people. And so it's like meditation. I sit down, I'm busy, I'm thinking, I'm not doing it right. It's not working. It's not for me. The other is, is therapy. Therapy is super expensive. You know, it can be 200, 300, 400 dollars 
a session. And not only that, I have to actually open up about first, I have to say like, Hey, I'm sick. I'm depressed. I'm not feeling well. That is very difficult to admit. Then I have to find somebody and over a zoom call, tell them about myself. That is a non-starter for nine out of 10 people. So while therapy and meditation are incredible, incredible tools and modalities, there's something missing for getting people help. And so, you know, I lived the story. I was struggling as much as you could, you know, I was just struggling a lot. And I, I tried these things, some of them worked and through putting together all kinds of different, uh, you know, psychedelic medicine and uh, longevity and biohacking and hot and cold and breath work and, and try, you know, community driven stuff over time started to discover what I think is a more feasible entry point for the mainstream, which is where Othership uh, enters. And it was a story of, you know, friends in a backyard fooling around with a cold plunge that grew, which we can get into. But mostly why this is super important to me is because I was an addict. I was broke. I was a failure, a perceived failure. And I use these techniques every single day. Uh, and as a result, you know, I'm, I'm married. I have an amazing son. I've started for the first time to have business success. I've been sober from drugs and alcohol, um, you know, stimulants specifically for seven plus years. Uh, I have an amazing community of new friends I've met. My family ties have never been stronger. And so these are, you know, the hot and cold is the pillar. It, it, hot, cold and breath have changed my life. And so it's just important to me because I think this will work for other people in my shoes who maybe didn't have a spiritual background or didn't resonate with yoga and just the everyday person who's overwhelmed. And that's why this is important to me and to us. Mm -hmm. You know, Robbie, one of the things, and like I said, we've spent a fair amount of time in conversation over the last few years um, and, and, and fairly regularly. But one of the things I heard differently this last week when we were together, well, twofold, I think we really hit on, you really hit stride upon what's different too is the, the guided portion of this when you go into an other ship location. And right now, just for clarity, there's one that's on Adelaide. There's a second that's coming up in New Yorkville, probably around September. And, you know, with everything going the way it's going, it looks like, you know, New York will be next. Uh, so yeah, other ships are coming to you for sure. But I heard this idea of the guide, the power of the guide on this, the power of actually being facilitated through um, a session. So that was number one. And then like, I mean, obviously I've been to Othership. I understand that it's a, a group um, experience, even if it's a non-guided and you're like, you're on your own within group, you know, the, you can be, have autonomy, but you're still within group community. But I think that for the first time, I understood the correlation between the story you just told and the idea of why this had to be group. And that was that you were missing a community that uh, wasn't about going to the bar or missing a community that wasn't about, um, you know, playing in your addictions. And so that was that was really powerful for me this last week. So can you tell us a little bit about this, the social and social, by the way, is the community. Let's take it away from social. And let's call it the community element of othership the in, in space and like the, when you're in physical space um, and why you needed to look for a different community yourself, why you needed to find like minded people. I think people are changing. They want more than ever to feel good, to feel happy. And I think it's a result of because how stimulating life now is, it's harder to just feel natural in our bodies, in our minds. 30 years ago, if I asked you, hey, have you felt bored? 
Yeah, absolutely. In my car, on my way home from work, you know, when I'm waiting for something, now there, there is no boredom. It's a phone immediately. So people want to feel good. Um, I just uh, think that what struck me was that you actually yeah. needed to to create a different community for yourself than the community you had lived in. You know, the community. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So people are looking to do this stuff. Um, you know, I was kind of by myself and all people are like looking to change. Well, that was the example I was going to give before. So people are looking to change because life is so hard and they're doing that through meditation, through psychedelic medicines, through exercise. There's been an explosion of community fitness uh, through, you know, all these different modalities, but a lot of these happen on their own. And so I built, you know, uh, my practice from, kind of searching through blogs, trying all these things, but there wasn't a place to go with other people who are like-minded. Explosion in biohacking. So if I listen to, you know, Dave Asprey, explosion in entrepreneurship. So if I listen to Tim Ferriss, where do I go to hang out with like-minded people? And those spaces, if I'm interested in like being healthy, feeling good, it's not a bar. And everything that has been uh, driven in our society socially is to get over that social anxiety relates to alcohol, whether it's a sporting event, a comedy show, uh, you know, some type of uh, concert, all this stuff is driven around alcohol. And so there's, I think a couple of things happening. One is people like really want to feel good Two, They want to be around others who want to feel that way also to inspire them. And three is there isn't really a spot to socialize for that group of people. So that was one of the big things that like kind of said, Hey, there needs to be a space for these people who are inspired and, and our whole ethos is just around what we call transformation, which is a big word, but really, really means is behavioral change, just change, sustained behavioral change. So it's a big word, but it's really coming to a space with others that want to change, that want to feel better. It's, it's super simple. So you can come at night, you can be in this new environment that doesn't involve alcohol, that involves real connection using the hot, cold breath, a number of other modalities. You can come in the daytime and that's sort of table stakes. So not similar to another bathhouse, but what really drives it deeper is the guided sessions. Mm -hmm. Agreed, agreed. Can you walk us through what a guided session might look like? And then I have a question for Dean and, and Zach about the app. So yeah, walk us through a guided session. Yeah, so there's a number of styles of guided session and people come, we really invite people, which is, is a different modality or different framework than kind of brands in the early 2000s where it's prescriptive. I'm your doctor. I'm telling you what to do. We're saying, hey, this space is an invitation for you to change as you want. And so when you come in, you know, again, I mentioned a lot of people don't have a background in spirituality or even dealing with their emotions. We want them to feel comfortable. And so you can think of the classes in three ways. One is we call it an up class. And so it's very much like a fitness class. So if you've been to a Barry's Bootcamp, you'll be familiar. And so it includes breath work, loud music, vocalizations, getting your energy up, some punches, some squats, really moving around and, and you're, you're pushing yourself through resilience. And so if you're an athlete, if you're somebody that's done plunges before, you, you may be familiar with that. Then there's the down. So that's, hey, you know, I need to relax. We have a class called Untangle that's beautiful. It's like a Sunday night. I need to wash off all the anxiety before Monday starts. And so that may include a sound bath, some gentle stretching, some deep breathing, some breath holds, candle lit, and it's it's very calming. And so it's kind of, I'm going introspective and into myself. And so that's for the people who've maybe struggled to meditate before. And then the final piece, which we're really leaning into, which you really need a guide for, is what's called the all around sessions. And these are the signature sessions. And this was the thing we were most concerned of. Is this 
going to work? Like, is this going to fly? Like this shit is hardcore. And so is a normal person going to want to come into the space and cry and scream and share and eye gaze and maybe hold somebody's hand. And so the all around sessions are taking elements from couples therapy, individual therapy, psychedelic medicine, integration work, breath work, and combining them to help people. What we call like regulate your emotions and shift your emotional state. An example of that is, you know, there's a class called anger management. And so in the tea room before the class, the guide comes out, explains what it is. Say, hey, are you angry? Yeah. And this one resonates with me because I've been, I've been busy lately and, you know, start to get irritation. So it's, Hey, bring up a coworker, a family member, somebody in traffic, a time when you were angry. So you start to visualize that you come into the sauna on the stove, the smell of cinnamon, like fire, boom, the heat is hot. And it's saying, Hey, bring to mind that moment of anger, feel it in your body. Do you feel it in your gut clench, you know, make a pose that feels angry and lights go out and in the dark scream and everyone you know, 50 person in a group setting, screaming at the top of their lungs, like releasing these emotions. And so maybe for your first time, you're not ready for that, but we're trying to drive you in a funnel to start coming to work on shame, guilt, grief, compassion, loving kindness, forgiveness, uh, couples connection. And so all these things, it's like, where do you work on emotions now? Maybe with a therapist, but then you're admitting, hey, there's a stigma that like, there's something wrong with me but there's not. So how do you make it feel inspiring? So you say to your friends, like, fuck, yeah, I went, I went and I felt into my anger and I processed it and I felt it. Or like, it's okay to be depressed and to feel grief. And like, I went with a group, we felt grief together and we let it go. And so uh, uh, this idea that everybody is looking to feel better and that requires going through your emotions, identifying them, letting them go. And we talk more about a bit about why that's even such a problem now because of phones, but that's what it takes. And is what if there was and is now a community space to kind of do that together in a guided way with support from peers to feel seen? I think that's what makes othership go way yeah. beyond, you know, hot, cold breath. These are just modalities that allow people to change their state and learn about emotional regulation. Mm. So I'm going to ask you about breath work, but we, we have to go to where we wanted to go earlier. We got a, the Zach and, and Dean and I got on the phone right before you and and we said, what is the one thing, you know, that would be interesting to bring up? So we are um, categorically uh, disagreeing with your previous statement in many podcasts that you're not a spiritual person. We just don't <laughs> buy into it, dude. I, I, it might have been a nice line, but there's no truth to it. Like you. So first of all, what would make you say that? Because right now you just you did actually address spirituality as part of this. So previous podcast, you said, I'm not a spiritual person. If I had to ask you today and you didn't have to pretend what you said before was true, what would you say today? I just don't like that term. It's so broad and it then gets convoluted with this idea that, okay, like, yeah, okay, this is, I mean, yeah, I'm going to say it anyways. I just don't like this idea around spirituality that it becomes this like woo-woo, crystal-related, religious Okay, thing okay that, like, you, what if it can be all of those things like so I, is intelligence intelligence is like firm academia that gives you like no room to breathe but intelligence is also the understanding of a broader perspective mm -hmm. so like great except for you actually earlier in this podcast in this podcast use the word spirituality to describe your own classes so i'm saying can you restate are you 
Do you have any essence of spirituality in you? Are you a spiritual being? Are you one who moves with spirit? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody is. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah, I guess so. The term isn't spirit. I guess that term gets so convoluted. And what I'm trying to avoid is this isn't your traditional yoga class. If you've never, I'm saying that, like, for me, what makes this special is it's about you and your emotions and nothing else matters. So the doctrine you have, the whatever your belief system are, even if you are into crystals and all this other stuff, which I think is cool as well. But my point is, you don't have to say, hey, this is spiritual and I'm going to church and I believe in God, you can come into the space. And I want you to just be able to say like, look, I'm going to think about my own feelings and I'm going to regulate them and process them, give them space, complete inquiry and do it in a group. And yeah, that I guess is spirituality. (laughs) There's like the underlying. It's inquiry of something larger than just yourself is the most important thing in the world. Not, not in denial of self, but Man, I mean, so I, I have to go back and entire, like change. I got That's like 85 podcasts. I need to go back. I know like you need to go back. <laughs> you need to go back. And plus I have like Dean beside me and Dean is like, he is a spiritual and religion. He uses, he has a, a beautiful background and a belief in organized religion. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yes. I mean, it's shifting and has shifted, but for all intents and purposes, like I would fit in the, box although admittedly uh kind of of a black sheep (laughs) of the box but yes uh i would i would be like i've worked as a pastor um deeply spiritual person i i have the the foundational belief uh not necessarily in a religious way but that everything is spiritual and so i was i was smiling with delight just hearing judy say because and you're you're saying well i don't like the term and i know exactly what you mean because people would say to me, well, like you worked in a church, you led a church, you were a pastor, so you are religious. And I was like, no, man, I'm like, I'm not religious in the way that you mean it or in the way that you might have experienced it. And Robbie, I can really appreciate, I think, what you're trying to do with Othership and how you want it to be available to people who are like not into spirituality. Like, in well, the- not don't identify as right. what what it is past because don't we want everybody to be in spirit? Yes. Like don't we freaking want everybody in the world to be in their own inquiry mm-hmm. and in the inquiry of something bigger than just themselves yes. as a a floor trader as a like isn't that but so then it but but then if you say hey am I supporting inquiry of self and others? Absolutely. A million yeah. percent. I'm just trying to do it in a way that okay, allows nobody in is now spiritual we know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i gotta get the tattoo gotta yeah, get let's the go. tattoo. i gotta get the tattoo okay i have a question for zach and dean so uh you guys like you love all this stuff like biohacking's your jam you're like big um yeah consideration around all sorts of modalities of wellness i i know this from from knowing you guys for a long time but also from this podcast what and you said something dean you said this uh app is different. I felt like this app was different as a breath workout. What is it that, like, I know my jam about why I particularly love the app part of, um, of other ship, but tell me, what is it for you? Why was it different? Why did it feel different? Yeah. Uh, well, the first, the first, I guess like the functional piece of it is that it's so accessible. It's so accessible. Like it's so easy. And I love, I, one of the things I, if I can just feedback even on earlier in the conversation, Mm -hmm. like, I 100% agree. I just heard um, Dr. Gabor Mate speak on the weekend, 
And he has this new book, The Myth of Normal. And he talks about how we are not well. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you're saying. And and in some ways, the irony of like adding another app on your phone, on your device is like, oh, is this really going to be the thing that mm-hmm. pulls me out of the chaos that this device is like mm-hmm. pulling me always into? Um, and it totally does like it told the accessibility the ease of use that the multiple entry points for me is what made it so usable Mm -hmm. and so functional and like i literally fell in love after the first uh listen and i gotta tell you because was it was it harry harry yeah rise rise and shine rise and shine that because when I first got it, it was like a free trial, and and it that was one of the free ones. And I was like, well, I want something a little bit longer to kind of go. It's about a nine minute, mm-hmm. and I I don't know how many people I've told, download it and listen to this one first thing in the morning and just follow along. And you might not be able to do the hold for as long, but that's okay, no judgment. Like do what you can do. And it was crazy because I sat uh, in in our building here. We have like a kind of like a yoga deck. And it was a beautiful sunny morning. It was like early morning. And I was sitting there for the first time listening to this. And I'd just done a workout. And so I was sitting down and started taking this breath. And was like, I, I don't know. I've done breath work before. And it's cool. But like the music, the pulse, the, uh, his voice, the, the spacing, the instruction. Like it was just I was gone from wherever I was. And I was just like my breath. It was so incredible. And it felt amazing. And I literally kind of at the end of it when it's like let go and imagine he says imagine it is like a dark smoke leaving your body all this negativity and being absorbed into the earth i just like tears just like spill i couldn't i couldn't even hold it back like they just they spilled out of me and i don't know what it was but there was something that was like healed in that moment and i was sold i was like this is amazing yeah. and i i don't know how many times i've gone through and just that's my favorite one i just like keep going back and listening to it and like so I absolutely love it. And it was, um, yeah, it was just, it was a gift. It is a gift to have that and just have that. As it part was of a gift. Yeah. And it is a gift. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What about for you, Zach? What, what, uh, what kind of got you on this particular, like, again, you, you've just had so much exposure and access to so many things. Why did this one resonate for you? The, the other um, well, I felt like Robbie was the pastor of the new wellness age, and I was going to his his church. And uh, you know, now I'm just I'm just bugging Robbie. Robbie, <laughs> I think he's a he's the new spiritual leader that I've been looking for. So <laughs> he's my guru. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Well, jokes aside, um, I liked a few things that I've enjoyed. One, I like the challenges on it. I've been. I've been doing um, some of the ice ice bath cold plunge challenge that you guys have had. And uh, Robbie, you talked about like how um, you mentioned the, the anger one of going into the dark and just, just yelling. And I've been listening to um, Dr. Russell Kennedy, who's like a, a local um, neuroscientist here in, in Victoria. And he was talking about how, when we have these anxieties and these angers and these issues, we've been taught for so long to, to fix these worries with more thinking. Uh, we go to a therapist and we talk about it and um, anxiety and anger and all these things are embodied experiences. So we're looking for these, these hacks when we go to therapists to kind of like rewire our brain, but really we want to get to the source and that's in our body. And what I really like about the the cold plunges 
And the sauna is it takes me out of thought and it puts me into body. And I think that there's a a layer of healing that's possible. And beyond healing, there's a layer of evolution that's possible when you go into these settings that take you into body. And it's like when you go into a cold plunge, it's really impossible not to be in body. Like you have to be like like Jesus or, or some other i'm just gonna keep jabbing you with just jabbing okay Um, but this is so good because i i want you i want to pause right here for one second because i have the first contemplation here for you guys because okay you're ready for this one so uh you're gonna listen to this and then i'm gonna ask you uh, a couple of questions on it um this will be like next month's contemplation and it's so freaking perfect i love this serendipitous This is the wisdom of no remarks. The wisdom of no remarks. I prayed for freedom from my ideas. I prayed for freedom from my ideas, opinions, and preferences. Conversation faded. But my mind continued to generate more thoughts, even as I let the old ones go. How could I approach peace without thoughts of peace? How could I approach peace without thoughts of peace? I began to avoid exchanges requiring anything other than my presence. I began to avoid exchanges requiring anything other than my presence. I began listening to others and myself with the eye of my heart. The eye of my heart. I began to practice measure speaks to express myself only when I was being kind, loving, helpful, and grateful. I let go of the need to offer clever, sarcastic, cynical remarks. And only then, and only then, my ideas, opinions, and preferences began to let go of me. Yeah, so gosh, embodiment, you know, is when I, and actually um, this also speaks to a conversation that I think you and I started to have Robbie or one of the guys around the table last week I did, where it was like, with all due respect, because I have three men that I love in my space right now that are all white and privileged. But this idea of as privileged being, whether we're white, male or female, whether we're women or man, is this idea that um, my privilege is that I freaking get to have an opinion and a remark on everything. I get to speak into anything. I have had the privilege of speaking into everything that I want to speak into. Uh, maybe less so than the three of you, but more so than 90% of the population. And so I prayed for freedom from my ideas, opinions, and preferences. Mm conversation faded, but my mind continued to generate more thoughts even as I let go of the other ones. How could I approach peace without thoughts about peace? I began to avoid exchanges requiring anything other than my presence. I began listening to others and myself with the eye of my heart. I began practice measured speech to express myself only when I was being kind, loving, helpful, and grateful. I let go of the need to offer clever remarks. And then, and only then, my ideas, opinions, and preferences began to let go of me. Ian, what's up for you on that one, buddy? It's big. I, I, I feel like that's an invitation for how I long to live most days and how I miss it is like the pursuit of peace or the pursuit of not the ideas, but the action behind them, like living them out it's easy to spin your wheels and come up with a million and one things that you should do or you ought to be doing, or you wish you did differently um, rather than really focusing on like what's in front of you in that present moment, Mm -hmm. 
and not trying to be the the quick the quick clever remark to sound good that's like the ego speaking but rather just to be fully present in it and be aware of what's required of me in that situation and if it's not adding love and kindness and value to the situation around me like i don't i don't need i don't need to add anything mm-hmm. and just by being present there like that's that's the practice mm-hmm. yeah. just being fully present and letting go of letting go of the things that I'm holding on to that are actually holding me. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of that. Yeah. I need to speak into it. What about for, for you, Zach, where, where does this show up for you and how? It made me think, uh, we all know when we come into contact with someone that has compassionate presence, Mm -hmm. when you just can feel their aura of, of compassion and acceptance without words or language, you can just feel it in their presence and uh it made me think of showing up with that compassion and and not a preconceived notion of expectation um but to to be to show up lovingly um and hold that space so that others can have voice instead of needing my voice to be the one that stands out mm, nice yeah yeah thank you Beautiful. What about for you, Robbie? What came up is the difference between like self and authentic self. And so this self is like always talking, always thinking, and basically always wrong. And so every idea I had when I was 25, I look back on that and I'm like, that's so silly. You know, every idea I had during COVID, I'll look back and these passionate ideas I had, I'm like, also super silly. You know, I look back on and, and so, so you're continuously changing. And so all these ideas you have about yourself, that's your, you know, the the inauthentic self. And then that's the point of like, how can I be peace, which is just my myself. And then I thought to like, when do I feel myself? And it's like, I was looking at my son today and had just like a tear of just this weird feeling. Of, I mean, it's not weird. I guess it's common of like, wow, what, like, what would I do? Like, this is amazing. You know, just looking at him, I had the moment in sauna when it was like super hot and like releasing anger we were talking about i had just these moments that come where you know one that came to mind from that was like when was i last content and i remembered the sound bath i did with my dad and i was just sitting here like look if nothing ever came in my life this is a fucking amazing moment i was at an ecstatic dance on monday night just giving it sweating stinky didn't even care just like ripping it and like normally i'd be embarrassed and i was just like like this feeling of fun and so there seems to me there's like the person who's negative and judging and and then underneath there's like the real you. And even though these thoughts about who you are changing all the time, the real you actually doesn't change. It's just that person who's feeling, I guess. And again, they could all be wrong, but that's what kind of came to me. It was just the, the per like, how do I get in touch more with the person who's feeling who's always there from, you know, I was zero until now and, and realize that the person above who I think I am all the time with all these opinions is not the real me. No, you know, I, if you don't mind me to share, I, I haven't told you this, Robbie, after last week, I got some a few random texts of like, I couldn't tell you who these people were. <laughs> this one told me who he was. But, you know, so again, we're at this summit, there's like these entrepreneurs, like everybody is amazing. There's amazing humans as our mutual friend, Scott from my detox says, you know, amazing humans. So there's these entrepreneurs doing cool things. Everyone's talking about business, and they are connecting, you know, with 
first layer of heart is what I would say. First layer of heart, maybe not in the eye. And, and of course, you know, you guys know me well enough. That was like not the conversation I had <laughs> with most people. And, and this one of the guys that we were sitting with for a while, he sent me this text and he's um, doing his MBA. He's got a startup. And he was there to be in this conversation around success. You know, what he was there for was success, both current success and future success. And he's sitting around table with what he thinks are a bunch of successful people. And of course, the definition of success in this is that you've got a company and you've raised a bunch of money and maybe you're making money and maybe you're not. And that's certainly one version of it. That's not the conversation I had with him. And he said, um, you know, blah, 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 whatever he said. And then he said, um, the conversation we had on being truly authentic with you and your brand without leaning in to subscribing to the world's view of success. It was the most impactful conversation I've had. And, you know, I was, it, because we weren't talking about the ego self. We were talking about like, what's important to you? How are you going to move through that with it embodied in you? Mm. How is it that you're like, constantly in the cold plunge <laughs> you know you're, you're constantly there you're constantly in the edge of your discomfort because the edge of your discomfort is where your ego leaves you you know because we've learned to be comfortable only in ego mm -hmm. i believe i believe that we are comfortable in ego now uh, but we are we soar we rise we freaking you know hallelujah in true authentic self what robbie was talking about mm -hmm. so i love that and then my further overlay to you as privileged men is just like um, the understanding that you don't actually have the right or the need to speak into everything. You just don't, you know, um, I think having a baby is probably a pretty good, uh, you know, both these guys have kids, both Zach and, and Dean and, and Robbie's got um, Onyx <laughs> who was born in October and is, you know, fully being his baby self. And uh, you know, that's when you realize like, we know nothing, they know everything. <laughs> They know everything. <laughs> they do. <Yeah>. They're completely <laughs> at peace. And they're, they're, they don't need to go into a sauna to scream. They'll just scream. <laughs> you know, all of it. So, yeah, all of it. Yeah. Um, so thanks for that pause. I just want to say back to uh, the app for one second and, and the magic of that. I, I just think it's really important to, to recognize, like you guys both said, that the sessions themselves are magic. I believe that to be true. But I love the way you talk to the logistics of the app. And I love that you can enter it through time, through upregulation or down. Like the library, the way the library is done is what really, like when I when I pass it on, which I do all the time to you to include it is I'm always like, hey, this is it. You don't have to like screw around. You can go in. There's no reason to not access this. Mm -hmm. Go, I've got seven minutes. I can do that. Yeah. I need to be upregulated. I can, I can, you know, kind of... Um, siphon in through that so the yeah. functionality of it is is as important as the content in some ways yeah so the content is all the magic so yeah, yeah. and it works like that the thing about it is it's like there's lots of times where you do something because you know it's good for you but it's like it's like taking a multivitamin like you know it's good for you but you don't feel any different but you're like, I know this multivitamin is good for me so I'm just gonna like I know my athletic greens work yes I right know yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and it like with with the breath work, it's like you feel like you literally in the midst of it and certainly by the end of it, like you feel what it has done in you and to you and for you. 
I'm, I'm like re I'm alert and awake and ready for the day or like that really helped me like wind down and focus in on myself. And so that's that like I love I'm a big feeling based person and I love when I know that something that I'm doing, it's not just like in theory good for me or I'm trusting it's good for me. It's like, damn, I felt that and it was like it lit me up or it did it did that thing that it was the promise that it was supposed to do right yeah, and but... and i mean the breath work is amazing because all you have to do is fold your breath and you'll feel something is happening <laughs> and when you go through the guide and it takes you through and says okay in out in out double time hold 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 exhale like you <sighs> yeah. yeah it's it, you can't not feel it it's incredible perfect, perfect. okay let's pivot we Let's pivot to five founders. Tell us about five founders and navigating complexities of relationship and what works and yeah, how does it feel? Where does it get stuck? Where does it where does it kind of ignite? You know, having Judy was pretty helpful. And so we uh my, I noticed my sister, like I'm gonna go on a bit of a tangent here, but I just like telling stories. But um you noticed my sister like really changed. And so our, our family's fucking hardcore, you know, type A as it gets, intense, like let's go killers like we just are like let's go and and just intense and like that's kind of how we were raised to like work super hard a lot of identity is tied in success and like um so so my sister is just hardcore like she you know coffee like this kind of like let's go vibe and all of a sudden I, I noticed like in a period of a year just a really like big heart opening I'm like wow she's really different like we're having these discussions and it's okay but wait have you thought about this and you know, and I'm like, wow, like there's a lot of wisdom here. Like what has happened? And so, you know, she told me about Judy and that that's what had happened. And so Barbie had introduced me and it was, it was pretty cool at this conference we went to because I'm like traveling around with, we, we didn't have a great word. So we just called Judy the sensei. And so it's, it's not like a coach. It's not, it's kind of like somebody who's wise, who's been there, who's, who's not really giving you the answers, but just gently sharing her own wisdom it's like a, i don't know a better word but it's a sensei and so i fucking have my own personal sensei like with me at dinner and pe all these entrepreneurs are looking around like who is this and i'm like yes my, my sensei and like it was so cool like such a flex to be like traveling around with like uh so that, that was awesome so i really um would credit judy for a lot of help just in facilitating conversation and so with five people it can be a superpower so we all five of us for four four years have worked 70 hours a week. And, and what does that mean? It means one partner is an expert in builds, site selection, legal, like the nitty gritty. It means one partner is an expert in the app, managing engineers, managing product, all the backend tech stuff. It means Harry and Amanda, who are expert facilitators, can create all the programming. It means myself can focus fully on building community, raising the funds, thinking about strategy. So just with five people, like if you have one person starting a business, you're immediately stuck with the accounting and all these different things so you can't zoom out and, and grow. And so when you have five, it means everyone does a little bit of the grunt work, but then everybody has a bit of bandwidth where they can create magic and create optionality. And so when it's working well, you know, we can be opening in multiple cities. Like it's, it's the amount of work that has went into launching a headspace and a soul cycle. We're not those, but you know, a brick and mortar and a digital business at the same time, it's crazy. We did that bootstrapped for for years as well. Like we we built the app with almost no funding. We built the first space that we funded ourselves. And so, if you can manage the passion of five people, it's it's a superpower. Like that's so many hours of raw material. So that is 
phenomenal. The other thing it does is, you know, I'm, I'm a very, um, unlike a supernova rocket that's like fired and it's going and it explodes and then it's spent. And so, you know, morning, let's go so hyped. And then the evening comes, you know, it's going to work. I love this. I can't believe it getting everyone pumped. And then like 6 PM comes and I'll be shivering in my couch. Like it's never going to work. Oh my God. I got to talk to all these people that nobody likes it. Like full on in one day too manic, I'm just a manic person. And my, wife who's my co-founder like if i was just working like this on my own she'd be like what are you like you're a terrible partner what are you doing <laughs> like you're not a normal human but she helps me and we, we're in it together and she knows what i'm working on and she balances me out and because all five founders are best friends like you pick each other up and there's five of us so like yeah like we're talking about new york and this is probably not the language judy would use but i'm like we're going to war, you know, like we're may not be the language and, I would use, but yeah, and we're we're gonna open two studios. We gotta hire, you know, at once in parallel, six million dollars of build, sixty guides in parallel. Like, let's go! And it's like, no, we're going into battle together, and it's gonna be fucking hard, and it's gonna be gritty, and it's gonna be stressful. The craziest shit happens in the spaces every day, and like, but we're in it together, and it's like having a common enemy in this case, like just a common goal to find meaning. And so to do that with five people, like it sets the tone. Also, like if you think of founder energy, anyone gets on a call with any five of us and it's like, oh man, it's on. These people care. Like this is, you know, if you talk to Harry, he's like, yeah, every single breath work on there takes me 20 hours to even get started every single 10 minute one, because it's a work of art, because it's not a meditation that we hired some person to write script. He's like, because I made every, like, if you're in the studio with him and you mess up a cue and if it's like, and three, two, one, it's not perfectly on the beat. It's like, again, and it just shows like, that's how much everyone cares. And if five people care like that, when you're in the space, if there's like a light out, you know, it's like, no, like, like make it perfect. And I think that kind of energy, it's really hard to, when you're not a founder and don't care that much to have people around you. So we have five people bringing that inspiration. So ultimate superpower on one hand, on the other, um, yeah, it can lead to challenges, you know, like when you're starting a business and structuring it, especially from day zero, we didn't have any contracts in place or discussions about equity or what splits would look like or what responsibilities were or what our goals for the company was. It was a, you know, a ice bath in a backyard that we just kind of started around and had a shared passion. And so that was something that could have derailed the company. It was at one point, one company with an app one part was a physical space. They were separate. They had different brand names. There's different ownerships. And and um, I think it's difficult, especially like two miles. My one partner is my best friend I went to university with. Emily's my wife, Harry and Amanda are partners, and we're all best friends. And so it's hard to be critical of, of friends. It's hard to like share your opinion a lot of times. And so um, at a moment when the companies could have been in a very frictional spot, um, Judy sort of stepped in and had worked with all of us individually. And I would credit, you know, I'd heard a, I actually, you know, how we met Judy, but you don't even know this. I'd heard Barbie, I saw the changes. And then I'd heard SoulCycle founders talking on a podcast saying like one of the main, maybe it was how I built this thing. Like one of the main things they did was they had a coach and I was like, oh man, there's five of us. We need someone to talk to. And then I talked to Barbie and it kind of pushed me over the edge of like, have somebody who is a trusted third party who's done it before. So I would, and again, personal opinion, take it with a grain of salt, but I would never hire a coach that wasn't a founder before. And so like, I need the person who is telling me what to do to have like lived in that 
thing. So I'd seen Judy had lived it. Our whole team trusted her. We all worked with her individually as like a personal sensei. And then when it came time, when we had a problem, we had this like trusted third party to facilitate discussions. And that, you know, when we had got to some chunky issues that could have sunk the company, like we had the optimal, like best possible result within a seven day timeframe with Judy's help. And now I think the, the founder relationship is stronger than it's ever been. So we're getting all the superpowers uh, with the downside risk limited. So I, I feel like I wouldn't, I would never want to be after doing this. Like it's, I, I work with all my best friends, the funnest thing in the world. Like we make these amazing experiences. We go like, I just, it's my, I love work almost as much as anything else. Like I, I love it. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and huge, huge thanks to, to Judy. Uh, well, thanks. And thanks for that. I mean, that was, yeah. But the, the reflections around, like, I think that's really important. I will tell you, I don't know very many people. I think we've talked about this before that do co-founder well i've given total accolades to to zach and ryan when they started juice truck like not very many people figure it out well and it does take support and it does take resourcing and it takes clear conversation you know on the other side the person who talks to the five people what robbie just spoke to about how great is it to have partnership in in founding something everybody is so motivated to progress and so like you know not an ego around what they don't know and just like sometimes somebody will get on the phone with me one of the founders and be like I don't know this I need you to walk me through it so the the um the gift of that is Robbie's not being that everything he doesn't have an answer to everything who wants somebody to have an answer to like do we trust people (laughs) that have an answer to everything (laughs) and so he's like he, they look to him for this inspirational, like, yeah, leadership, let's go. And when he says like this, they have to go, is this, yeah, this, and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, that's how I would explain it. So I, I don't think, I think that whenever I see co-founders, especially five of them that I've worked with four, I've worked with two, um, I've worked mostly with people who aren't doing it well. But when I get the chance to work with people like Zach and Ryan, like the talk shop, um, founders for so long, like um, other ship who are doing it right. It's like, it's pretty incredible. Mm. Cause isn't that really like the idea that we have to do it by ourselves is actually in opposition to being well, to your point, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like that. Yeah, sure. We want autonomy and we want sovereignty, but more than anything, we want connection and community. So to have a place where we can do both, where we can have this this community of founders, but we can also have some autonomy in Harry going down and, and with Amanda laying down at 20 hours for a 10 minute, you know, track. Like that's pretty, it's yeah. inspiring. It's inspiring to be on the other side. It's inspiring to be on the, the talk side. I also having built fiction mortar, I'm like, I get to do this and I don't have to write the check. <laughs> I don't have to write the contractor check. I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> so happy. So when Robbie's stressed about that, I can be like totally calm because <laughs> I've been in issues of being like sitting in the basement with Val Litwin around blow going, this is imploding my head. $250 check, $250,000 check is imploding me. So yeah, no, it, it's amazing. Um, tell me what fatherhood's teaching you. Yeah, a lot of emotions. Um, one of just the feeling of like being selfish and like being painted so starkly of 
how selfish you actually are. And so it's really interesting because I'm, you know, these feelings of like, yeah, I'm a good person and fine, but my entire life was focused on like career success, monetary success, successful relationships, being fit and healthy, the pursuit of learning and personal growth, which are all, all fine things, but they're like very I driven. And if you'd asked me before this, it's, it's you know, I kind of noticed it and I still probably don't notice it, but I would say that the idea of how selfish I am has increased like tenfold. And it's just that, you know, you have this person that relies on you and he's crying all night. And I'm just like, fuck, shut up. Like so angry about it. I also thought like, oh, just be so magical. And people don't say it's, it's is, but it's not. And it's like really fucking hard. And I realized like, man, I'm like getting pissed that I have to like every night, you know, he's taking up so much space. Um, so that's been a really interesting one of just like, okay, what kind what is opening in you if you are sacrificing more and your life isn't all about you something that's been really beautiful is just like um yeah i was kind of scared to get old and be like like oh my my funnest times are behind me you know my high school was so fun university was so fun i had no responsibilities and like now i'm kind of i've done everything i wanted to as an individual and like, it's, you know, I'm like almost 40. And so now I have this baby and it's like, re like I saw him today. It was crazy. I put him, I, so I work from home. And so every like in between meetings, I'll come and try to look if he's sleeping or like hug him or smell him. And I like put him in the jelly jumper and just watched him John, like go crazy. And like, at first he kind of couldn't really do it. <laughs> it was just funny too. But then he like gets in it and like ripping, like just cranking so fast. I'm like, holy shit. Like, and he's smiling and laughing. I was like, this is pure fun. Mm. And so it's still, it's still so early. Like he doesn't really interact. He'll look at me and laugh, but it's still like more hard than it is joy, I would say. And, and you know, for the dad also like loneliness was an interesting one that I wasn't expecting that we were kind of talking about. And, but yeah, just watching like joy, like real joy was like, feels like it's opening it's like a part, like I'm always like coffee on, let's go cramp. Like I mentioned that before. And so it's just like, there's this whole other side of me that's really emotional. That's not getting turned on. And now all of a sudden there's a way within like five minutes I can grab them and just like kind of smell them and look at them. And, and it's, uh, it's a lot of emotions teaching me how to be a better partner as well. And just like, wow, I need to, I need to pay attention to my wife. Like also like for what she does, it's correct. She does like 99% of the work. She's like one, like does everything for a business supports me plus is working plus is a mom plus like all night takes care of them. Like I just feel like whole, almost like guilty as well. Like that she's like doing so much. Mm -hmm. And so that's been really interesting to see her just in her element. Like it's, it's inspiring. Like, she know, you know, today he's crying. I don't know what to do. I'm like, Oh my God, what? <laughs> find the mom, find the mom. And then, like, <laughs> she finds him. She's like, take him into the light near the window. And I like take him into the light and he's like smiling. And it's like, Oh man. So it's really beautiful to watch her as a mom and just like kind of come into this role of like power and leadership and like not a kid anymore, but like an adult who I can even like kind of take cues from. So it's been, great for our relationship for me to see her that way that I just like a lot more respect um like there was a ton of respect before as well like she's my partner like rock solid partner you know there was never like you know even split in what we do like never always very like trusting but to see her in this way it's just like a whole 
other layers. That's interesting. Like when you talked about, I got what you mean. So I, I, I knew you before baby, both of them. So first of all, like, we just have to give a shout out to Emily, who is Robbie's partner, because, um, like having worked with her, I would, I love that this, this person, this woman person is like when you meet her, there's like this softness to it. I like kind of think of her almost like marshmallowy because she's like so there's a sweetness, a softness that permeates. But I always like every time we're on the phone, even when we're in group calls, I always text her and I'm like, you are freaking crazy. <laughs> she's got this strategic mind. She's got this like ability to look through things. Um, she would be one of those people in business that if you were at like a really heavy hitting table, you would beautifully underestimate her because she's like got this like sweetness to her, but she's just on it. And so there, I think that when you talked about how your respect increased, I think that your ability to see the totality of her breadth is really what I'm hearing. It's like the breadth that, that in this case, motherhood brings you beyond what you're good at here. I know you're a hard worker. It's like, oh, wow. I love what you said, Robbie, that you, now you're following her lead more than you ever, like now you recognize where you follow her lead. Like that's. I mean, like every night, you know, he gets up, he's crying. There's like somebody who can get up and do it. And she does it every time. And then I'm like, oh, she's amazing. And then I'm also like, fuck, I, I should do more, but then I don't. And then there's like some guilt around it. And like, it's really weird. The and then I'm like, you know, I was working today and then I was kind of getting sad. Like, oh, why am I working so much? Like, I should go spend more time with him. So there's just such a mixture of emotions yeah. all the time. And I'm sure that probably never, there's probably always a, a, like, what is my personal life that I'm doing and what am I giving to this person? What and I'm already. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think it's always like you're, you're in the right posture of like being open and learning and kind of having that, that curiosity, that inquiry of like how how am I doing now? How will this evolve? And I mean, I would just say, keep, keep that in the forefront because the more we can ask the question, like, how can I show up better for my little people? The, the better we're going to be across the board, because I know the days when you, when I prioritize other things over them, like everything kind of suffers. But if I can say, Oh no, I really want to make being with them a priority. Then like I'm filled up and then I'm a better, you know, husband, uh, neighbor, friend, whatever, teacher, all of the things, because I'm not in the back of my mind being like, shoot, I didn't show up. I didn't show up for my my kids today. Um, and I mean, it is finding that balance of the demands of life and feeling pulled from like, how do I, how do I be there for them versus like, you have a company to run, right? And you can't just pretend like that doesn't exist. But finding the balance. And I mean, I honestly think you have the tools because of what you were saying earlier. Like we we know how distracted we are and we know that the true value is like in the present moment. And I think that one of the tools that I've used is like trying to like put the phone away when I'm with them, like plug it in and leave it on the counter over there, especially like after hours when it's like, you know, unless it's like some super emergency, I probably don't need to be on it because I'm just wasting my life on Instagram or whatever. So those kind of before bedtime hours, just really like prioritizing being with them, whether it's like homework help now for my oldest one or just like playing a silly game or whatever it is, you know, snuggling on the couch with the book or whatever. Like that is the most optimal thing that I could be doing. I also really, even though Robbie and I sometimes work on the words he's going to choose, I love the fact that he's saying like, I don't think we talk enough about from the, the father perspective, 
how it feels in the first year. It's yeah. like all of those things. Like, I think we even talked about this, Robbie, the other day where you're like, I'm kind of jealous of Onyx occasionally because he's got Emily and I, I like move so they can sleep or I can sleep. But then I'm like, where's Emily? And like, I think that's really important. Robbie, in about a month, like maybe a month in, we were on the phone together. I'm like, how do you live in a typical Robbie? He's like, I freaking love it. And I kind of hate him. <laughs> and I was like, well, let's not use hate, but I got it. I got it. I got it. And it's both of those things. Like as soon as we can say it out loud, it takes away its power and it takes away like the shame or mm. the blame or the internal judgment. Uh, Zach, what about for you? Where, how did, I mean, you, you, you got two. <laughs> how did all that resonate for you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think parenting's all the things, right? Like, especially in the first year as a dad, there's there's guilt and because uh, we're not the babies want the moms, you know, like where they want the comfort of uh, that the mothers have. And I remember feeling guilty that I I couldn't do more or, or upset that uh, you know my boys always wanted mom over me. But it all they're all it's like the longest shortest time, you know, like each phase evolves and changes so rapidly that uh you know the boys are going to want their dad once they're two or three or sometimes they'll want mom and sometimes they'll want dad and it's figuring out how to be that team so that you can support them so who goes to you now zach for what like where do they go to mom where do they go to dad like for different things, like uh, I mean, Megan's still their nurturer, right? But if they want to have fun or be silly or, or do crazy things, they come to me. Or if they want to go for an adventure, they come to me. But if they're really upset and they want to cuddle on the couch, like they still go for, for mom, you know? Um, so I think having some grace for ourselves and our partners and, and our kids, because it is hard. Um, and we're going to mess up along the way and hopefully we can learn when we mess up and not feel guilty about the mistakes we make. Um, yeah, I think it's all, it's all part of the journey. I was, I mean, I was just learning that all of the anxiety and trauma that we have, uh, we, we inherit in the first five years of our life and then we just relive those, (laughs) relive those things. So I'm like, my younger one's two or my older one's past five already. So I'm like, all right, well. I've done the damage on that one. Let's try to minimize the damage on this. You focus 90% of my effort to child. To <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, when you guys were talking, too, I was thinking about those people that are listening that, um, you know, aren't in a marriage relationship that, you know, maybe right. have a kid and and they're not in in that singular relationship with the the parent. And I was like... I think that there's a lot of grace even in that, like how in separation where we, we we are no longer a mother and father in one house because we're always a mother and father, is how is it that we still give grace to, like when you've got the kid, it's your turn to have the kid, but they want other, they want the other one and not making it about you and just being like fully giving over. I was, I've been watching that. I remember that as a, a mom that didn't live with the biological father mm-hmm. of, or vice versa. And, and you're right, early on, it was mostly the other way. And letting Devin's biological dad know like it's nothing to do with you it's not because I'm better she just spent eight months more with me than she has you you know Mm -hmm. so thinking about how um how that plays out and everything Mm -hmm. um okay let's throw in uh consideration 
Okay. I picked one for each of you. Okay. I picked them. They're yeah. hand-picked. So you, first of all, I want you to um, say why you think I chose it for you. <laughs> so um, I'm going to start with you, Dean. Okay. Yours is care, don't bind. Okay. <laughs> yours is care, don't. Knowing what's yours and what is not. Are you in your heart or your head? Um, and the question is, how will you sit in compassion and care without attachment? That's mm. it for you today. <laughs> Why do you think that's yours today? Oh, well, it feels like maybe you're you're reading my my mail, but like the the desire to always have an attachment, like mm. to the outcome. I think for me is big. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like being someone who is on the surface, like pretty calm, cool and collected. And for a large part of my life, like didn't really worry about, you know, what other people were thinking or knowing like that's, that's shifting. And I'm always, I'm always working hard to the outcome, which is good. And it serves me, mm-hmm. but sometimes that it's that double-edged sword where, um, I can care. Mm. I can mind too much that I stop caring. Yeah. Like I'm worried so much. You know what I mean? Beautifully said. Beautifully yeah. Said. And I think, do you mind me to add on to that? Jump in. Yeah. It's like when I, I, you know, came to the door and, you know, you were, I could feel the, <laughs> you know, of, of the day and maybe more is just that idea. You're in such service. Care is such an integral part of who you are. Mm-hmm. Is that the idea that you can be in care by actually literally not minding is probably a hard one, you know, like you said, because there's often it serves you to do both and and maybe it's even asked of you, but where is it not being asked of you? Yeah. So you can still be that that compassion is like that holding space from a distance as opposed to like empathy or sympathy and being in there in the mix with people mm. you know in the mix um so that's mine for you today it's oh, just good. and good. and then you know that idea of service and care for you is um yeah i can't can't not include yourself mm-hmm. well that's a good reminder <laughs> yeah can't not include yourself um this one is for you zach this is now that you know what will you do now that you know what you will do, the time for thoughtful action. Um, now that I know, how will I choose to act? What do you think? What does that mean for mm. you? That show up. I'm just thinking in retrospect as well. I think like um, knowledge is an evolution, and what's true today could be different tomorrow. So, um, yeah, I th- I think many truths can exist um, at the same time and when you believe to know better I think if you're acting in compassion and not in ego then the 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 path you lead is going to hopefully create a ripple of of more good with that knowledge um but I think also understanding that there's an evolution to truth and, and whose truth is it, you know, is it yours, your truth? Is it also uh, the truth of, you know, the other person sitting across the the table from you? Um, So yeah, I'm trying to listen more and act less. If that makes any more sense. Yeah. 
No, it totally does. Um, mind if I say why I chose this one for you? You kind of nailed Cause I, it. Because I'm a crazy vegan? <laughs> <laughs> no, not because of that. Well, because, because I believe, knowing what I know about you, that you will constantly be expanding. And, and I think that at the heart of it, you are an activist, but activism doesn't have to look like we talked about, like, we can do activism with loving kindness. We can we can be active in our beliefs. But I also think what you just said is like I might switch that. I think the words are confusing. There is always fact and reality, which almost nobody wants to talk about. They want to talk about yes. their perceptions of that fact and reality. And so starting a conversation with like this is a table. Tell me how you feel about this table, and then I'll tell you how I feel about this table. But I think we avoid or evade reality mm. and facts, and we go straight to our perception or beliefs or our opinion about those facts, and we call that truth. And that isn't the truth. It's just my and it's not even my truth because your truth will change. It's my truth at this very moment. Yeah, you know, my truth at this very moment. But why I chose this for you is, um, you know, I I love that you said less action, but I believe Zach that the difference you've it, this is I'm going to give you actually accolades for your action is I believe oh, thank you. That, yeah yeah no I believe that the thoughtful action you've taken in the world based on what it is that you're interested in and your beliefs have, um, you know, been important to a community of people. Like, so I, and this, I believe this will be your card forever because you're going to continually know things, learn things, expand into things. And, and then you'll have to decide when it's time for thoughtful action and when it's just not. Mm-hmm. But I, I like it, honestly, Hey, you, I just want you to like land in, you have changed a community. Oh, thank you, Judy. I appreciate that. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm just, like, I have a lot of, it's true, but the, curi- the, the, <laughs> the curiosity that you live by, I would say spills over into the questions you ask and then the oh, things right. you know, which influences the, the way you act, which influences the way others live and act. It's the ripple. It's the ripples. So totally. that when I saw that, I was like, that's a hundred percent Zach. Right. And I think you just said it. I think that your exploration, curiosity and your gentleness to, um, you know, give your view without any attachment to the person actually believing your view has been what has created people that are like starting to feel uh, differently about their, their choices around food. And, and, you know, so yeah, I just like, it's big. It's big. And I just hope you recognize it. I see it. I see it on a daily basis. So, uh, Well, thank you. I appreciate that, Judy. Yeah. And then, uh, Robbie, this one's yours. This one's for you. Robbie spent some time with these cards over dinner, so I think he knows them well. But this one's discern, don't judge. Discern, don't judge. And I'm going to go straight down to the bottom here. Well, can you stand in a space of observation and being? Can you, can you move from judgment to consideration and discernment? Uh, discernment allows you to step away from the binary world of black and white, away from labels and projections. And then down here, instead, uh, instead of being in judgment, uh, judgment helps avoid all our discomfort. Um, you respond and you just move on. But instead, after the stimulus, slow down, breathe into the gap. After the stimulus, slow down, breathe into the gap, bring to the surface curiosity of self and other. Open yourself up to options, compassion, and clear thought. Move into decisions with grace and ease, observation and view, discernment. 
And then the question is, when can you feel an opinion surfacing, asking yourself, then can you ask yourself, am I in discernment or judgment? Ravi, what, why do you think that card for you and what does it resonate for you? I think just in decision-making, I like have trouble trusting people always have. And so I'm like very, I'm very hard on myself. And so I'm like, am I getting the most out of this interaction? Is it fair? That's like, comes up all the time. Is this fair? Is this fair? Is it, are we in alignment? And so the discernment is like, to me came up as we, yeah, I guess the, the judgment part is, is like a negative context. It's like, I'm jumping to conclusions and getting emotional about a situation. Whereas the discernment is, is, is more of, well, what can I find here? Like, yes, maybe this is fact, maybe this is reality. Look at it and, and don't let your emotions like go immediate that this person does X. So you know, or this person does why I don't trust them, or this person makes a mistake, do that. And so I, I found, especially just so much coming at me the last like six, seven months have been extremely challenging with a move, a baby, a, a series A fundraise, launching in multiple cities. Like I just, you know, hundreds of emails and texts every day. I look at my phone, it's exploding. And so that patience is very thin. And so I'll immediately judge something. Oh, this is useless and it's a waste of my time and I'm angry. And so I think having some discernment about the result, you know, instead of get, giving my emotions and energy to mm -hmm. something by judging it and, and like getting triggered is I would like that one, like, Oh, take a pause, take a breath. And even if there is an emotion there, maybe not giving into it, but just, you know, looking for the, the positive spin is kind of. No, perfect. I think that's exactly, and it's so funny because I'm thinking back to your description early on about being in, sauna and being in guided of that idea of like we pause we're in our breath we under like we're in allowance of all of the feelings we're not judging the feelings but we're not moving from the emotion the emotion isn't the thing that is we're reacting from it's like that space that allows for the feeling doesn't have to sit as an emotion and from there we can be in in clear decision making and knowing that but you know what i also want to say to you is um you know, what really struck me, um, I don't really hang out with people right now that don't want to progress. Like I, I love them. I just, that's not the time I'm going to spend. And so when I spend time with somebody in their business, like with you and your co-founders, it's because that whether or not you want the business to progress, which is the truth you do. And I want that success for you. You all want to progress as human beings. And that's really it. I mean, I think I said to somebody last week, and, and I think I've said it to you, Robbie, before, and if I haven't, I'll say it now, is like, there's not one person that I, whatever work is, <laughs> work with, that I would feel any differently about if their business didn't succeed, whatever that means. Like, and I think that, I, I said that to somebody last week, like, I don't mind. They said, I don't even know if I'm going to have my business in a week. And I was like, well, does that mean you can't call me? And I think that there felt like it was like so many people go into these moments feeling like they're transactional. Mm -hmm. And so what I saw with you, Robbie, is like last week, and, and it has been my um, my lived experience with you anyways, is that sure, you're, you move quickly. You and I can laugh about that. And you, you know, um, I love your, I love your, um, your expression, your expression of self. Like I, I love it because I don't have a hard time saying to you, Hey, can we use another word? <laughs> but um, I love your, 
desire and want for your own wellness and the wellness of others, like the well-being, the well-being, like, you know, so I, yeah, yeah, I, so I would say, what about if I believe that you got through your addictions by discernment and you stopped judging yourself? Because I don't think we can stay away from addictions if we're freaking just judging ourselves all the time. We actually have to give ourselves some space from that. So yeah, this is your card and uh, like total props on, uh, I was so proud to be with you last week. I was like really proud to spend time with you. I was proud, I was proud to be beside you. So mm. it just the way you show up and the way you make people feel was really important. So, mm. yeah. Well, I think it's really cool too, just like, you know, listening to you speak here, Robbie, and some of the language that you use around like othership and then the experiences that you're curating and creating for people. It's like the heartbeat behind it is like, you want people to experience what you have experienced. And I really see some people are like, oh, this is a good, this is a cool product that I think people will like versus, wow, this is something that's like foundational to who who I am. And it's like the contrast, the hot, the cold, the breath and the community. And like those kind of pillars, like you've touched on them throughout the whole conversation. And like it takes discernment to be able to see what role those played in your life. Mm -hmm. And then it, I think it also, um, it's a great act of service to create a space where people can access and experience those things that you had as like foundational in your life and transformational, which is again, like, I, I love that you use that word for people because they can think, Oh, jump in the sauna, jump in a cold pool. Like it's kind of a fun, cool experience, but like, it's the thin edge of the wedge. I think for a lot of people, because to invite someone to a spiritual conversation or some sort of deep, self uh, analysis or in, to invite someone to stop sitting in judgment of themselves and therefore move away from, you know, if there is like an addiction issue, uh, those are big, big conversations to invite someone to think about therapy. It's like, no, I can't go there, but to invite someone to a sauna, cold plunge, kind of ecstatic dance experience, that's the thin edge of the wedge. Like that might be the first step into that self love and that experience that helps them down the path. And I think that like what you're doing and what you're creating is creating those kind of touch points for people who are not spiritual, who would not get into anything woo woo to say, but this I can do because this is a meaningful experience. And then that gives them a pathway. It gives them a door to like, what could be next? But don't you also think that we don't know what we are? Like that is the freaking funniest thing to me, because like you said, Robbie, if you think back to, so if you are only what you ever were in one moment, then all you are ever your whole life is just an addict. If you are like, all you are is that moment of anger, Zach, you know, that you so readily remember. You always talk about it. every time you're like, which is so funny because when you meet Zach, you're like, he's the least angry person I know, <laughs> but he feels it inside of him. So I don't know. I don't even like, I would love to even get rid of the word woo because it, what does that mean? If that means that, like, if that means that I'm actually, because I do think that people go, oh, that means that I'm, and especially men, that I'm soft. I, the most masculine men I know are the softest men, you know? So what does that mean? What does that even mean? Mm -hmm. Somebody said the other day, so it was, um, partners, um, passed and he said to me, I don't want to be spiritual. And I'm like, 
whatever that meant to him, which just meant, I don't want to think that I might be like somebody I'm judging that I don't even freaking know. Mm. And so I, I guess when, when you're telling this story, one thing that came up for me for spirituality and yeah. what I, what I yeah. don't resonate as much with is when somebody bypasses by like, I hit my sixth chakra and ascended. <laughs> and, and then like, for me, it's me? like, you no, don't like, like that? You, you have to do the work. Like what makes spirituality is like, no, I'm going to go into the grief and like, I'm not going to, just go oh, over right. here. I'm going to explain like, yeah, I was hurt. I broke up. It, I'm going to feel it. And so but I don't like the, that language when it's used in business. So it's not yeah. just, I don't like when someone says, I know because I've been successful once. I, I don't like, so I agree with you. Any language that bypasses your own inquiry and your own curiosity. Okay, you know what? My favorite one of that right now is like, I think we talked about this twin flame. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> What does that mean? That you didn't choose the person? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Are you going to be responsible for the relationship? That's what I want to know. But I, but I got you. But any language that is says um, I am not going to be responsible for my decisions or actions because somebody else is it doesn't. I don't buy into. Mm-hmm. That's just a shortcut. And uh, to That's me, to me, it's like a signal of like I, I know what it takes. I know what work is required and I don't want to do it. So I'll just posture and say the things and maybe do something that looks like I've evolved or moved down the pathway, but I actually, I don't want to confront those things and you'll never be, you'll never be a whole person until you can, like, like you said, sit and confront yourself and, and walk through it and have that experience of like shoveling the shit, so to speak. And you don't know, we're not going to reach enlightenment right? Like that's the, that's the tease. That's the journey. That's, that's the process. But like you, we don't get there because once you've arrived, guess what? Like you. Well, as soon as you think you've arrived, you're an ego. Back back to the base, back to the base. But it is, it's, it's interesting to, um, and it doesn't just happen in the, the arena of spirituality that has a language to it. It happens that we make, we, um, take light of, um, as the language that goes around a minority group. Like I, I just sort of think about that a lot. And like, I think I've told you, it's like the first time we've you, we, we had sky on the podcast and I like my first thing when I met sky was of course your freaking name is sky. Like it was of a bit of judgment. And then I kind of got to the area cause his name wasn't sky, <laughs> but it is, you know, it's a name he chose for himself. But then I actually was shocked that I could look at like a loving, kind human being and have judgment on a decision that actually has no impact on me. And so the next thing that I started to think about is like, what if, like, what if that just doesn't matter? And what if it's beautiful that he thought that he wanted to be something different and he chose that for himself? And would I even have the guts to do that? So I, it was a really big moment for me around going, oh, like I feel like I'm, I I try practice of non-judgment. And yet my first thing was to, because he came from a world that was, a, that I feel is got language around it. I was in judgment. I was like, and then like, when I got to know the human being, I was like, how could I have judged you? For, even at a moment of judgment about this, mm. you know? So I'm kind of into like considering it all and and not attaching specific language, but I love what Robbie said. I have a problem when people use things like blah, blah, blah to bypass actually doing the work. I think that's great. You know, I think it's good. What other, um, 
So if we're going to look 10 years down the road, or let's know, let's do six, six years. So uh, we're, God, six years, we'll be cl getting close to 2030. We'll be in 2029. What, what does it all look like, Robbie? What is, what does othership look like? There's this like um, study in this book that just came out on awe and like the feeling of awe as being something that um, just drives happiness. And so really cool stuff. But one of the greatest causes of awe is, you know, you're, you're a pastor. It's watching people in morality that inspire, you know, courage, justice, compassion, forgiveness. So it's seeing real life examples of people doing those things. And that inspires you to be great. And I think this is why religions are so successful is and like why sermons are, are so successful. I've just been thinking about that a lot is there's not many situations and like day-to-day -day life outside of organized religion which has been um less popular these days to like see that in action to have these inspirations um to really think about that a lot is like how do we create awe in people's lives and so yeah we have this now like atomic unit this bathhouse that people are coming to to have these emotional peak experiences to start to build trust with the brand to do it in a community and so how do you allow those people to go deeper. And so in six years, I can see these in like every major city, but not just for bathhouse, it's, it's to find your group. And so you've been 10 times, text message goes out, hey, would you like to go deeper? And you're placed into a group to do inquiry and be accountable uh, to be on the journey together. And so maybe it's a, you know, once a week Zoom call where you're sharing in this group, being seen, seeing others, working on empathy, being inspired, as you mentioned seeing people both struggling and inspiring you and then coming to the space together, going on retreat together. So having these deeper things with people from your city and then coming back. And so for six years, I would love whether this grows to many locations or, you know, value, whatever, and I don't care. I think what I really want to do is build this pipeline that allows people in a city to form a group built around working through their emotions together and then taking them deeper and deeper and deeper. And so you go into these retreats, these transformational experiences. Uh, it doesn't have to be provided by us. It can be provided by, you know, something like, like you're doing Judy with the immersions and you, you come back and then you have that group. And so I see groups like Alcoholics Anonymous, EO, mm -hmm. church groups, they have this, but you have to, you know, you have to have had that be an entrepreneur or an addict. What about people who just, Hey, I want to feel more happy. Um, but I want to do it in a way without admitting to like some spirituality or religion. And so that's for me in six years is building out this entire platform that allows you to join a group of 12 people to have a space to come to and to have more awe in your life because you're seeing these people inspire you. And so I think giving people more access to their emotions via that platform mm -hmm. is just like I'm lit up to build that flow. And if we could have through all our spaces, you know, I think we did 30,000 people a year. And so if we have 3000 coming through in groups of 12, how powerful that would be to like allow people to make real sustained behavioral change. So that's like the platform I'm most excited about building. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of creativity, just really inspire the, you know, we're working on a, a 90 minute breathwork ecstatic dance party. And the idea that a party can be completely different than what we know it as with guided social interaction, a dance party that's also guided with your breath to change state. Uh, so really excited to launch that particular product and just kind of, you know, how do you combine wellness, fun, entertainment, inquiry all together? Um, and so, yeah, I would work on this like every day. I just think it's the most funnest. 
I also thought that was an interesting, again, a word that maybe loses some of its value because of, of the forms it's shown up in, but this idea of that I can, I can be going through this stuff that might be take a lot of effort, you know, the uh, idea of inquiry takes a lot of effort, but there can, I can also be entertained. Like I can be in moments of entertainment of, of awe of, you know, I think that's really important. Um, the other thing, Robbie, that when you said, you know, it's not uh, my experience with your immersion for 10 years and a thousand something people through it, 1500 people through now, I think is that, um, Sure, the changes in the people are immense, but it's the changes, it is the way that they go and impact community that is that is the thing that like takes me to my knees every time when I see how their bubbles get affected by their consideration of self. And so when I think of that in, in the terms of what you just said, I'm not thinking about 3,000 people, I'm thinking about 3,000 people and their 10 closest people. So now we're back to... 30,000, you know, people that have been impacted mm -hmm. by, by my own inquiry, by my, cause I changed the conversation. Like when two guys went to immersion, separate immersions, and they were with a third guy who's never been. And the guy, he turned to them, the third guy and said, like, what conversation are you guys having here? <laughs> and how did you get there? <laughs> and it's that, it's like, you just don't want to be in conversations that aren't meaningful anymore, you know? So that, so 30, 30,000 people could be, you know, or some number. There. Even like, think about that. If you have the space where, you know, 10% of us, there's 3000 people coming into the space regularly that have done this work, have been in a group together. And so 30% or 10%, you know, let's say 30% of the people in the space are having that conversation. Everyone else who comes in is affected. It's like, wow, what are they talking about? That's so cool. Holy. I want to learn about it. So I think you can use this platform to elevate like an entire city, you know, if you, so that to me is like, I've used psychedelic medicines, I've used meditation, I've used these other tools, and they're all great, but they don't work at scale on their own. And so there's there's like a missing community piece. Mm. It does exist in, in religion, if that's for you, but there's just a massive group of people that are underserved that aren't, mm. they're just like, hey, I'm, I don't, you know, I haven't got into this stuff yet, and I, I don't feel good. And so I think, yeah, we can, you know, cross... North America can impact millions of people. And so then it's like, wow, that's so cool. So I loved exciting. your analogy of like Alcoholics Anonymous. And because there is, it's like you don't have to be in the same Alcoholics Anonymous group. But when you go to another city, you can drop in and be part of a shared experience. And yeah, it'd be nice to be able to do that without having to persevere through the addiction part of it, you know? So it's like if you want to, if you were like, hey, I want to feel my emotions and talk about them. Where do you, where do you like go to do that right now? Like I can't even think of a single place that that wouldn't be considered kind of weird. So, <laughs> My yeah. dinner table a lot, but yeah, yeah but yeah, but like why you know at scale no, like for many it's, people it's, it's kind of like you said about a static dance too. Robbie yeah. is like I I you know I spent time in that world and loving that when you know pre when when you couldn't do it for a while and when I go to another city I can drop in and I don't necessarily know if I think everybody I want to have coffee with afterwards. But for that minute, we are all like jiving on this. Like we want this experience and we want it to be together. No, And there's huge diversity in the room, but yeah. So you look for it, you look for 
somebody who wants to, you know, sweat your prayers with you in, in New York. So mm. I agree with you. Yeah. I, I've done a lot of work and thinking uh, around how to, how to help people and exactly what you're saying, like help people feel their feelings. And in many ways, like I, I love that you use the language of like class, like it's your cl- their classes and really like I jotted down, like it's, you're teaching people to feel in a culture in a time where we've suppressed our emotions or we don't talk about them or we, you know, the Instagram highlight reel and we don't really deal with the, the deep, like the shit that's going on in our lives. And I love that you have this heartbeat to get people into a place where they feel in their bodies because they're hot, they're cold, they're dancing, they're in community, whatever it would be, but they're really embodied and it allows their emotions. It gives permission for those emotions to be, to be felt and experienced. And you're kind of guiding people that the feelings themselves are are like anger, for example, isn't bad. It's very normal. It's a human emotion. It has a service for us. So how do we practice feeling that in a way that isn't harmful or destructive, but is actually like generative? We can let it out of us in a way that doesn't ruin relationship or anything like this. And mm-hmm. and I really feel like as I thought, okay, how can we do this? What is it? Is it a, a model of like church or belief or spiritual structure? But like, I just see it as like, there's such a potential for people to connect in because they want to feel, they want to have the experiences, but they don't fit into the box of, of spirituality or they don't fit into a box of religion religion where they're like, I, I can't take all of these other things with it, but I want the community. I want the, the depth mm. of conversation. I want the inquiry. I want the growth, but I don't need all yeah, that. I want to stuff. catalyze around something. I mean, you and I, we've used, Zach and I've talked about that as it relates to religion. I don't follow a structured religion, but when I talk to people that come from a structured religion, there may be some things that haven't been all that great, but the community aspect of it always serves them for some point. Like, I love that about it. I'm like, oh my God, as a child, you had this experience of community that I may not have had. And then it's too bad you also have the overlay of this, but, but yeah, no, absolutely. So I think that's important is, and, and like-minded doesn't mean exactly like, it means that we want a better world. It doesn't mean that we all want to do it exactly the same way. Yeah. Because that's actually called a cult. <laughs> so now that's called a cult. And how, how uninteresting and boring if we were all the same. Yeah. Right? Like that's, that I wouldn't be interested in that at all. But bring your unique self and let's have a collective experience. As individuals, as unique as we are, what you bring to the table, what I bring to the table, what Zach brings, Judy brings, is going to make that whole experience mm. that much better than if we were all mm. the same. So that's, that's why we don't, you know, prescribe and we really try to stay away from these terms around spirituality. We just say things that are fact, which like emotions are fact that people feel. And you take this experience and have the experience you want. And if the anger release means something to you, great. If it means something to someone else, if you want to do a two minute plunge, a 30 second plunge, just put your hand in. If you want to go super hot in the sauna, if you want to come here, it's it's very much Judy kind of guided us with that when we started. It's It's an invitation for you to use the space and join the community. So I, I really like that versus, you know, religions are very prescriptive and very like specific and that's great. But, you know, uh, we love this book, uh, Religion for Atheists by Alan de Botton. Amazing. It's like what it's a um, Judaism, Buddhism, Christianity, and it's what of these religions from a community standpoint are incredible uh, that don't relate to the spiritual esoteric piece. And so a lot of that stuff is woven into 
uh, some of the programming that we do is just these feelings of like, how do you really create community invitation style? And that seems to be working pretty well. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, so we got where we're going to be uh, nine years from now. What is going to happen this year? What should we know about other shift this year? Yeah, the most exciting thing is I think always like the new content is very exciting. So we're launching this month a, a sensuality program. And so kind of dipping our toes, we, we brought five or six experts from around the US to create content on the app related to intimacy. And so it's another way to shift your state through uh, partnership. And so things from eye gazing, tantric breathing, BDSM desire and, and power dynamics, which sounds strange, but it's really about connecting with your partner as a, as a mirror. And so, um, you know, there'll be 15 sessions on the app going from very basic, just hand holding and, you know, sharing when you felt supported to breath work, to self-pleasure, to self-pleasure, eye gazing with each other, to legitimate, um, sexual acts together, uh, which is like very, um, pushing the edge. And the idea around that was to, you know, couples therapy, it's to, um make that accessible in a fun and entertaining way as judy mentioned at like a very accessible price point without having to go see a therapist so it fits into the theme of like changing state in community using emotion so really excited because there's not you know a ten dollar a month type thing where you can press play and do like an amazing one hour couples session and so very very excited about kind of creating niche specific innovative content that pushes the bounce uh, and in addition to that we'll do tons more so that that's february you know we've got the ice bath meditations that came out in january um for guided daily ice ice sessions uh we're doing some psychedelic integration style breathwork classes we'll be doing some breathwork for running to be able to go in run groups and listen to the same sessions together and breathe at the same pace to the same set and then come to other ship or do a session after. Uh, so that's all on the app side and the content creation side. I mentioned this ecstatic dance stuff we're working on. It's just more and more cool experiences and content. And then uh, this year, the biggest focus is, is launching in New York. So we're aiming to open uh, two spaces in New York within the next 12 months. And that's the majority of our focus, one in the Flatiron District and one in Williamsburg. And so our entire team is moving out there. We're just going to you know, I mentioned going to war, but that's the the idea is to um, put out a ship on the map in the U.S. Amazing. Robbie, I'm so excited for all these things, and I'm so lucky. We're all so lucky that we get to connect through the app uh, when we can't physically make it to, to one of the locations. Um, just to take advantage of having you in this conversation, I think our, our, our listeners would, would love just like some Cole's notes on the benefits of of sauna cold plunge breath work because i think you know people are curious if they haven't tried it yet and a lot of people that are trying it you know they know it feels good but i think when you understand why your body is feeling great why you're getting this peace of mind this relaxation um if you can understand the science of it we don't have to get into the spirituality of it today but if uh if you can break down the science of of cold plunging, of sauna, of breath work, uh, before we kind of wrap up this this chapter of this conversation, I think that would be super awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So all of these things are just ways to change your state, like super quickly. So your your nervous system state, your emotional state, uh, hormonal balance in the body, and so like why why would you want to do this? And so breath work, 
there's a million terms you might have you know Wim Hof when do I do slow four seven eight transformational you don't need to know any of that all you need to know is up down all around that's it three simple things and so up you can imagine using your physiology you have coffee energize confidence all this in your pocket by turning on the fight or flight state so through rapid styles and patterns of breathing you can like boost energy so think about that as a coffee in the morning you know boost of confidence before presentation on the flip side there's down which is moving into the parasympathetic rest and digest nervous system state so that's you know i'm thinking too much before i go to bed i've just been working 14 hours and i want to turn off long slow deep breathing breath retention so that's you know an anti-anxiety medication then there's all around and when you breathe fast enough for a long enough period you actually slow the oxygen to the brain you send distortions to the limbic system so you change your sense of self sense of time so we talked about embodiment and so that thinking part of the brain it shuts down and as a result your body starts to process emotion you become completely embodied in the same way you would be in an ice bath um, and it's due to just changing uh, the blood oxygen levels in the body and so what does that do it allows you to have a psychedelic like experience where you can process emotions lose track of your ego of your sense of who you are and so when would you use that you know maybe you're going through you want to process emotions so you're going through a breakup you've lost your job you're going through a death you've uh had a bad day at work you know you're have um a lack of self-confidence any of these like emotionally gritty things where you're so wound up you can use this breath work which we you know the longer sessions 30 minutes there's an amazing self-love session on the app um but you're shutting down that thinking mind you're processing emotions and so you kind of have coffee antidepressants psychedelics on you at all times just through uh physical physiological state change and that's the difference between breathwork and meditation where meditation is inquiry noticing thoughts breathwork is about creating physical change in the body and so it's super simple because i just breathe along at listen to the music listen to the cues and i'm guaranteed 100 of the time to have this state change and it can happen in under 10 minutes you know these up some of these obsessions are three minutes and so if any of those benefits appeal to you you can like quickly use the app we have tons of stuff on youtube that's free if accessibility is an issue if you email us we have a scholarship program uh, we've given out like thousands of, of memberships so um it's super simple to use it can be done under three minutes you can get access to all those benefits in terms of hot and cold enormous amounts of physical benefits again you're, you're shifting your state and we use the hot and cold to drive classes like i mentioned to feel into emotions but you're increasing detoxification in the sauna you're improving your vascular system it's the number one thing you can do for for health span uh according to david sinclair who's a leading longevity scientist so they did a study on men in finland 2000 men over a 20-year period and found a 50 percent reduction in cardiovascular disease which is the leading killer in north america so if you're just thinking like hey i want to exercise but i'm kind of lazy you can use the sauna to work your vascular system it's not working your strength and and muscular system but fantastic for uh, reducing alzheimer's and all types of diseases uh, and then the cold massive boost in norepinephrine and, and dopamine so it's like hey you want to feel good the the boost in dopamine is similar to cocaine and coffee and so you're like yeah i love my cup of coffee in the morning or i struggle with addiction for me personally the ice bath is the ultimate you come out you feel you feel like you could run through a fire like you feel alive and you're ready to socialize which is why it's such a great the bathhouse is such a great activity for social interaction because the cold and the hot just smashes you with endorphins 
again, smash, maybe not the right word, but <laughs> it uh, makes you feel amazed. And as a result, you know, you, you don't have that social anxiety. And so you, you feel good. And so one is just like straight up easiest thing. Yeah, you're going to feel great from doing this. And then two is it's going to improve your sleep. It's going to improve your heart rate variability. It's going to improve longevity. So um, those are sort of like some of the benefits. The cold has also been shown to boost the immune system significantly. So they did studies on winter swimmers and saw a 2x increase in white blood cells for winter swimmers versus non-winter swimmers. So there's been a ton of talk about the science around like, you know, so all you have to know is this is extremely good for you, as good for you as fasting and exercise makes you feel amazing. So there's really no reason not to do this and why we specifically like it for all three is just the ability to change your state. So if you're stuck in a rut, always anxious, you can like instantly do this and, and make a change. That's, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I think it is. It's so key. Like we can talk about it and we can experience, you know, share our experiences, but just to hear like some of the science behind it and the knowledge of, of what, what you have and how you've researched it in terms of what you're creating and, and how people can use these things to make themselves not only like feel their feelings, but just to feel better is, is huge. And I mean, you know, Zach and I have been big into the sauna and cold plunge here in the last year. And it's exactly what you say, like the, the benefit is immediate and felt, and it's just, it's a state change. You can go in having a bad day and you come out and you're like, well, you know what, the world's not such a bad place after all. And I feel like I can kind of take on anything that's before me. And yeah, sometimes it's the best, the best hour of the day or time of the week is getting into those spaces and, and regulating. Um, I think, I think we're getting close to, to landing this, this ship. <laughs> um, but, uh, Judy, do you have, do you have something you want to read off first? And then, yeah. and then we have a closing question that I'll hit you with. Robbie. Why don't you do the closing question? And then I'd like to read this one thing and it's uh, like, I'm gifting it to Robbie as a consideration. That's amazing because we is so do that question and we'll close with this. Great. So uh, we just an expression of gratitude for you for your time. Uh, and also just for everything that you're doing, uh, for sharing, uh, you know, your own personal journey and how you've taken that and made it into something that I think will truly be a tremendous impact. And as you said, you know, going going to war in New York, launching those two sites, and you know, the potential for the level of good that could come, mm -hmm. we think about the 1000s of people that will come through those doors. And the experiences they will have and the stories that they will tell to their circles. Uh, Zach and I get really fired up about impact. And, you know, we often call it like the, 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 the ripples, the positive trail that we leave behind that we might not even see. And I just know that there will be an immense positive trail uh, left by, by the work you're, you're doing with your team uh, in New York. So just sending you with, with that, all of those good vibes ahead of you. Um, and knowing that when Zach and I made this podcast, we wanted to have cool conversations with incredible people like yourself that do bring goodness into the world. And we called our podcast a little more good, knowing that that's what we wanted to be about. That's what we wanted to see and create and do in the world. But we love to hear from each person we've had on, like, what does that sentiment or that phrase mean to you a little more good? First thing that popped into my mind is just, it doesn't have to be a lot more good. And so it's not like I have to go and build a house in Africa or I have to, you know, give all my money to charity. It's just like, oh, today I can send a friend a text, you know, can be like, oh, I can, I was about to lose my temper at my house and like, I'm just not going to do it. And so just like one little tiny thing can actually every day have like a huge, a huge impact. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. Thank you. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that what you know, when we started 2023, the uh, Dean and Zach and I, and they asked me to come back and co-host. Um, you came to my mind right away, Robbie, and kind of the next four guests is going to be around this, like the medicine or the healing of, and you know, I thought of you and sort of the medicine of transformation as it relates to hot, cold breath. This idea of you know, no, it's my jam. It's just it's all about sort of cultivating your own emotional wisdom, which is is feeling into your emotions. And I'm looking at you as, um, and I see you, and I'm looking at you, and and both of you guys as well as these leaders. You know, these leaders meaning, and I don't just mean because of the businesses you run, but the people you are. And so um, I'd like to leave you with this one. It's called the contract. It's a word from the lead. And in the end, we follow them not because we are paid, not because we see some advantage, not because of the things they have accomplished, not even because of the dreams they dream, but simply because of who they are, the man, the woman, the leader, standing up there when the wave hits the rock, passing out faith and confidence like life jackets, knowing the currents, holding the doubts, imagining the delights and terrors of every landfall, captain, pirate, parent, entrepreneur by turns, the bearer of our countless hopes and expectations, bearer of our countless hopes and expectations. We give them our trust. We give them our effort. What we ask in return is that they stay true. What we ask in return is they stay true. So that's it. That's the mission in front of you is uh, staying true and, and, and understanding that um, to stay true, you have to keep discovering in yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Robbie, I am. Thank you. Thank you for spending the time. Uh, and just, it's a privilege and an honor to, uh, to do this with you, but it's a privilege and honor to, to have you in my life and, and all your co-founders and your baby too. <laughs> so thank you, my friend. I appreciate the invitation. I was just thinking like, Hey, how do I hang out with these guys? They seem really cool. Like, <laughs> you guys come to Toronto. Like this was super fun. And, and yeah. Judy, yeah, it was just a beautiful, you know, it's not every day you get to have a two hour discussion about like this kind of stuff. So even I go on a lot of podcasts and, um, they're just, it's just cool the way you have made it your own and done it this way with poem readings and deep questions. And you, you have all three have an amazing energy. So it was, it was fun. A lot of fun. Awesome. Thanks, thanks so much, Robbie. We're we're uh, stoked to connect in person next time you're in Vancouver or next time uh, we're in Toronto. We'll go for a cold plunge and we'll sauna together. Yeah, nice to be that. with you guys. Nice to be with you, Zach and Dean. Thank you. Yes, awesome. Oh man. Take a breath. Take a breath. With Othership, with Ooh. Robbie Bent. Immerse yourself. Immerse yourself. Into the world of the power of breath, the power of sauna, the power of cold plunge, ecstatic dance, yes. self-reflection, emotional intelligence, all of the things. Yes. My gosh. Yes. I feel like I want all of those experiences. We need other ship here in Vancouver. I'd be there like five times a day. Yeah. I don't know. I there would just, be I no other believe. ship for me. <laughs> <laughs> but there we go. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. I, I think it's such a cool idea. I think that, you know, I've thought long and hard about places of, of deep intentionality in life where you can go and have meaningful community, meaningful connections, ask like the big awe-inspiring questions of life. 
outside of like traditional religious spaces where it can often feel like confined or restricted or whatever. And I mean, I feel like this is, this is a big solution as people can go and, and move towards what creates awe in their life. And, and if that takes them to something that's more conventional or traditional, great. If it's just turning up at a place like Othership and having these deep, meaningful human connections and, and internal experiences, I mean, that's amazing. And so... And I think that's cool. That's like what Judy creates through through her immersions too. So just seeing more and more touch points for people to connect yes. is is great. So yes, yeah. Next time I'm at the uh, sauna at the uh, the community pool here, I'm gonna be like, who wants to do some group breath work together? Let's go, people. Yes, yeah. Bring like the Bluetooth speaker. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and get yeah, the yeah. get the music pumping. See how that goes. Let's do it. Oh uh, yeah, create a party in the sauna, but. Um, my goodness, thank you so much for listening this far. We really appreciate you all. We know that uh, time and attention is is uh, some of our greatest uh, cherished commodities. So thank you for sharing those with us. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, um, please leave uh, a review if you can on Apple's uh, iTunes, Spotify. Give us a like on there, five-star review, four-star review, whatever. Throw it up there. We appreciate it all. Uh, message us on Instagram. Tell us how the impact uh, affected you, the episode affected you. And um, yeah, reach out, f- follow Othership, download their app. Make sure you check out Judy uh, and immerse yourself on Instagram. Um, we're thankful for this uh, this kind of mini series that we're doing with her. And what else, Zach? What else do we need to let the people know? That's it. Enjoy, enjoy the week. We'll be here, same place, same time next week. Please stay good, y'all. Peace.